and welcome to the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by the founder of Environ Skincare, Dr. Des Fernandez. We've all heard of vitamin A, and if you use any kind of topical skincare, chances are you've used it on your skin. Dr. Des Fernandez is the man responsible for both pioneering and championing the use of vitamin A in skincare, an idea that in the early 1980s was near unheard of. Dr. Des's career began as a surgeon at Cape Town's Red Cross War Memorial Children's Hospital, and it was during his time there that he operated on two teenagers, a male and a female, who unfortunately lost their lives to skin cancer. It was this tragedy that served as the catalyst for Dr. Des's lifelong commitment to skin health. A firm believer that prevention is greater than cure, his initial research led him to look at the effects of vitamin A on the skin. He soon discovered a study showing how vitamin A acid had been used to treat skin cancers and precancerous lesions, and that study led to the creation of Environ Skincare. I spent a few days with Dr. Des during his most recent trip to Australia, and in this conversation I quizzed him on the link between vitamin A and sun damage, what our near-constant exposure to blue light is really doing to the skin, and the acne myths he is determined to bust. So you began your working life as a surgeon before moving into plastic surgery in about 1975, if my research serves me correct, as the head of the cleft lip and palate division at Cape Town's Red Cross War Memorial Children's Hospital. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Now I understand that your research into skincare began sort of around that time. So talk me through what prompted your research. Well, it was the uh, problem of dealing with two uh, people. Mm -hmm a guy and a girl uh, who developed uh, melanoma when they were about 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And they, well, we couldn't save them. We tried to save them. They, of course, when they were young, they they just didn't believe that they could have a fatal condition Mm -hmm. at at the age of 18 is probably when it started on them. Right. And so uh, we tried to save them. They were dynamic, wonderful people, the sort of people that you wish were here in the future. Mm-hmm. And it's always uh, the way, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, my response to this was to try and find, was there a way to prevent it? Mm-hmm. Because in medicine, we're always saying that prevention is better than cure. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly easier than cure. Right. So uh, so doing that, I used to go to the libraries, go through the index medicus, go th- walk from walk around the library. I tell you that it's Couldn't quite an arduous... Couldn't just type it into Google then, could no, you? It was an arduous uh, uh, task. Uh, fortunately, at that time, I had... Uh, time. I, my practice mm-hmm. hadn't yet become uh, busy, mm-hmm. so I had the time. And um, and I don't know, it was just one of those things that I was fascinated to try and see if there was something that people had missed. Mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, I sometimes think, quite audacious of me to <laughs> think that 
people had missed something. Mm-hmm. But I also realized that, that uh, maybe this is one of my strengths, that I'm a lateral thinker and I do things a little bit differently. Right. And I can col- collate information from various different sources. Mm-hmm. So eventually what I found was uh, the power of vitamin A. Yes, so that research did lead. There was was it one particular study, the German one, that it led you to? Yes, there was a study. It was actually from Switzerland, Switzerland. but it was written in German. Uh-huh. And uh, that study showed that uh, you could use vitamin A acid mm-hmm. to treat uh, uh, skin cancers and precancerous uh, lesions. Mm-hmm. So. I thought, well, there we are. Yeah. That's a skin cancer. That, that audacity's w- paid off. If you can treat it with vitamin A, then surely if you uh, prepare your skin and keep your skin rich in vitamin A, at that stage I didn't know that vitamin A was uh, a uh, sun-sensitive molecule. Mm-hmm. And But I thought, well, you know, if you can... Keep on applying vitamin A onto your skin, then maybe you can prevent uh, skin cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, that was right, but it didn't apply to melanoma. Right. So that research then led to the creation of Environ Skincare. That's right. What did you feel was missing from the existing skincare market at that time? Well, when when I found out that. Uh, you know, you want to make beautiful skin. And I mm-hmm. started in 82 and I was making my own uh, little creams. Yeah. And in the beginning with the retinoic acid, that's mm-hmm. vitamin A acid. And then afterwards with the storage forms of uh, vitamin A. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I thought, well, I'll just see if this works. And then after a while I realized that, look, it does work. Yeah. And uh, so then I had no intention of ever becoming a business. I had right. no intention <laughs> of setting up a laboratory. Look at you now. But then I did set up a laboratory because mm-hmm. I realized that I was making uh, bad creams. Right. I wrote to uh, uh, two uh, big companies that mm-hmm. made uh, skincare products and I said to them, look, I've scoured. I've scoured through the ingredients of all these uh, famous brands. Nobody mm-hmm. is promoting vitamin A. And at that stage, antioxidants were like, you know, you're crazy <laughs> when you spoke about antioxidants. He's see? mad. Yes. So, um, and n- no creams had that. Mm-hmm. You know, you could get vitamin E in some creams. Right. But that was about it. And... Um, so I wrote to these companies and said, look, this is the skincare of the future. Mm-hmm. And that's what I actually said. This is the skincare of the future. And the one company wrote back and said no. <laughs> the other company didn't even bother to respond. Oh. oh, they'd be kicking themselves now, wouldn't they? Yes. Mm. Why do you think no one was using vitamin A? Because uh, vitamin A is difficult to work with. Right. First of all, you have to... Keep it active while you're making the mm-hmm. cream. So that means actually that you have to use special lights mm-hmm. so that you don't uh, damage the uh, vitamin A. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you uh, vitamin A irritates skin. Mm-hmm. So the, some early research work done in the 
late 60s, early 70s, had shown that vitamin A was making changes. They were using it on mice. Ah. And the man who did that, uh, I often regret that he never saw that eventually vitamin A would become mm. such an important molecule for the skin because he, s he said it at the time mm -hmm. and uh, nobody actually uh, wanted to believe him because it always caused skin irritation. Mm -hmm. So eventually someone would have had to have written back to you because look at you now. So do you recall which products you launched the brand with? Yes. Which ones? Yes. Uh, we call that the original Mm -hmm. range. And in the beginning, I made uh, uh, level uh, three. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got a retinoid reaction from uh -huh. that. So uh, th then I had a number of uh, patients. In the beginning, I was used to the retinoic acid uh, creams that I'd made. Yeah. Uh, for which people became very sensitive. I personally had to dilute all of the mm -hmm. creams for myself. But uh, we initially, I, I just gave it to my patients. Right. It was, I made it only for my own patients, you know, because I had realized that if you do a facelift on somebody with sun damaged skin, when you've finished, mm. you've done this facelift, but you look at them and you think, well, what did you spend your money the on? The quality of the skin doesn't <laughs> reflect what you've just you done to yeah. it, yeah. So that's why I uh, 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 realized that we've got to get a way of introducing vitamin A into the skin mm -hmm. and uh, getting the uh, patient into a much younger looking mm -hmm. skin. So um, then round about uh, a year later, I found up my sister and I said to her, you know, uh, this cream that I'm giving to the people, there are now people coming along to me and they're coming for a consultation. My consultation waiting list had lengthened mm. to such a degree. It was like over nine months. Wow. And I uh, said to my sister, well, you know, they, they come and they sit in front of me and they say, no, I don't want an operation. I just want your cream. I just want that magic <laughs> cream. <laughs> And uh, so we decided that we would try and see if we could sell it. So I sent some creams up to her and she sold it. And go. next thing, people wanted more. Mm -hmm. And so as we uh, 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 progressed uh, further, we decided, look, let's make a company. And that you did. Yes. The whole sort of ethos of Environ is to normalise the skin before targeting specific problems, which I suppose is so that people don't get that reaction that you had when you first introduced the vitamin A into yes. your routine. Yes. Can you explain the theory behind this and really how you work to normalise the skin first? Yes, well, of course, first of all, what you've got to do is realise that the sun is damaging your ability to absorb vitamin A into mm -hmm. your cells. So we've got to reverse that, right. first of all. Because if you can't get the vitamin A inside the cells, then, of course, it's going to lie outside the cells yeah, it's and, just irritate and irritate the cells. Mm -hmm. You see? so, And the paradox is that vitamin A is the only thing that will make the receptors to absorb more vitamin A. Right. So 
that's why we started the step up system where you introduce vitamin A at very low doses. Mm -hmm. And it's the continuous use of it that eventually you start making more receptors, then you can go to a stronger cream. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, that in turn will bring you to the situation where you can make even more receptors mm-hmm. and go on to a stronger cream, etc. And when we're young, we're born with a, a, an extremely rich content of vitamin A receptors on the cell wall. Yes. So we never re-achieve that, by mm-hmm. the way. I think that's I th- a shame, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I th- I think that we get pretty close, but um, anyway, the the we're getting the effects of the vitamin A. It goes inside the cell, gets stored there, and there's a very tight control of it to become the if acid form, which is the one that works on the DNA. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was going to ask, a a lot of people have said to me, how young is too young to start using vitamin A? But really, we're probably the most receptive to it when we're infants. Well, if we realise that the the sunlight, Mm -hmm. very largely, it's mainly sunlight, um, destroys the vitamin A, then you realize that you should you better you start using it soon after you get introduced to sunlight. Yes, well you've had little to no interaction with it. Yeah. Mm. You've talked about not on the podcast thus far but certainly to me over the last two days that most of us are walking around lacking in vitamin A. <laughs> I'll forgive you. How can we tell that we're deficient in vitamin A? Uh it's uh, quite easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Virtually everybody is deficient in vitamin A. Uh-huh. So uh, um, you, unless you're using it, you're deficient in it. Right. How do we know? I mean, is there a way of knowing how deficient in it we are or can we only figure that out once I we start using it and that, that's looking at where the reaction? We, we, we rely on skin specialists. Yeah. And this is where the skin care therapist has an enormous role to play. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think people don't understand how important a properly trained skin care therapist is. They really don't. The number of questions that I get just through Instagram mm-hmm. that, and I say, you, you, I'm not an expert, I'm an educated mm-hmm. consumer. Yes. So, so generally uh, the average person can be quite sure of one thing, mm-hmm. that they're walking around with deficient levels of vitamin A. Right. For example, if I tell you that uh, uh, if you start off in the morning with, uh, say, 100% mm-hmm. of vitamin A yeah. in your skin, and you decided, okay, well, today I'm going to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, walk. Say you, say you get close to the beach by yeah. a bus or you live close by, and then you walk, say, 100 meters, mm-hmm. 200 meters to the beach. Well, in that time, walking in the sunlight, the areas of skin that are exposed to sunlight or to reflected light Mm -hmm. uh, will drop uh, maybe about 10% of their vitamin A. So that's in, well, how long does it take you to walk 200 meters, you see? So it's quite quick. (laughs) Yeah. 
Then you on a good depends on the shoes that I've got on, really. Yeah, and then you get onto the beach, mm-hmm. and so you think, oh well, it's nice and early, so you don't have to worry too much about uh, sunlight. Especially, say you're on the Gold Coast, right? And I the su- sunrise is somewhere about four thirty. Yeah, something like and that. And you've gone for a surf at six, and it's nice and nice mm-hmm. uh, sort of temperature, and the light is. Gentle, yeah. Except that it's UVA l- light, and it destroys vitamin A quite efficiently. Mm-hmm. So you haven't even got into the midday sun, mm. and you have probably taken your skin down into the seventy percent. Right. So you're thirty percent deficient. Mm-hmm. And if you stay there very much longer. You know, say you decide at 11, uh, 12 that you're leaving the beach. Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably down in your 40s. Oh, my God. So mm. now you don't know about it. No. Because the rest of your body is not deficient in vitamin A. Mm-hmm. Only your skin is. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen is you're going to get a tan. I yeah. don't, The only tan I want is a fake one, but... Yeah. That's not the case for everyone. Yeah. So so this is uh, a very important thing that we have this deficiency. We're unaware of it. Mm-hmm. But what it does, it is relentless and it starts affecting the basic mechanisms of your cells. Mm-hmm. So eventually after... Uh, uh, time you start getting pigmentation marks. I actually believe that pigmentation arises because you don't have enough vitamin A ah, to control it. Right. The and then of course further your skin gets not so smooth mm-hmm. and uh, you start getting fine wrinkles, and then you start getting early skin cancers. Mm-hmm. And when I started, I said to people, you know, aging is a disease. I had lots of doctors smack me (laughs) verbally um, because I said, look, photo aging is is a disease Mm -hmm. that we have to treat. It's a skin disease uh, as a result of uh, exposure to light. Mm -hmm. And I said that a wrinkle is just the early stages of the same problem that will give you a skin cancer. Mm -hmm. Now, that was not accepted. (laughs) We talk about light quite generally, but let's talk about blue light because I understand Mm. that has an effect as well. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, I think that uh, melanocytes are extremely sensitive to blue light. Mm -hmm. Blue light actually is quite damaging Mm -hmm. when you get it, when you get blue light acting at the back of your retina, for example, uh, it causes lots of problems. Yes, it does. Now, blue light can penetrate quite deeply. Mm -hmm. Ultraviolet light, by the way, can't penetrate to the back of your eye. It can't penetrate very deeply Mm -hmm. into the skin. Blue light certainly can. Mm -hmm. And blue light is strange because you can't get away from it. No, you cannot, especially not today. (laughs) The lights we're sitting under have got blue light. Mm -hmm. My screen in front of me. 
etc. So, mm-hmm. and then the next thing is you go to you go maybe you go to a beach and it's one of those lovely beaches that have got nice big trees on mm-hmm. them at the same time. And if you've got se- sensitive skin or you're prone to pigmentation, you sit under the tree looking out at the beautiful sea mm-hmm. and the blue sky a bit over there. Yeah. And you think that you're in I'm the shade safe. and you're Look very safe. Look how clever safe, I am. But you're mm. not because you see that blue light yeah. gets to you. And um, uh, uh, we, we're exposed to blue light all the time. All the time. Yeah, so th- it's part of the light spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, people often ask me, what do I mean by blue light? Well, you know, white light, ordinary clear sort of light that we experience Mm -hmm. is composed of the rainbow colors and it's the blue part of the that rainbow of colors that is the damaging uh, uh, ray Mm -hmm. and i think that that is responsible for why we can't control pigmentation very easily Mm -hmm. because to block out blue light is very difficult right while we're still on light and all that that encompasses, mm. we're told repeatedly now that over-application of vitamin A can increase our skin sensitivity to the sun. Is there any truth to this? That's only true if you're using retinoic acid. Right. Tretinoin, people know it, I think, in Australia. Mm-hmm. So what that does, uh, that sensitizes the uh, skin. Yeah. to sunlight. So that's why they tell people if you're using tretinoin, use it at night. Yes. Because then it can get be absorbed into the skin, it can be go into the cells and then it's uh, less uh, damaging. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, um, if you use it during the daytime, then you make your skin uh, even worse. Sensitive, yeah. You may remember there was this one famous Spanish... No, you won't remember, but <laughs> there was this one famous Spanish singer who decided to use uh, retinoic acid as a rejuvenating... Uh, uh, his name is uh, Julio Iglesias. Ah, oh, yes. And he <laughs> went out in his boat and no, he was using I'm retinoic acid and he came back and went to hospital <sighs> because his skin was so uh, burnt. Yeah. But now the thing is that if you use the storage form of vitamin A, that's retinal palmitate, mm-hmm. it's actually a sunscreen. Yeah. And the interesting thing is it's concentrated in the mid-levels of your outer layer of your skin mm-hmm. where it acts as your sunscreen to protect all the growing areas mm-hmm. of the skin. Of course, we need the vitamin A also to work on the DNA. But right. the, uh, the, the interesting thing is that while the acid form is photosensitizing, the uh, uh, storage form, the retinal palmitate, is actually photoprotective. Mm-hmm. Well, while we're on that, let's perhaps talk a bit about the different derivatives of vitamin A that are mm-hmm. in the Environ products. What are they? And is that you know, the case across kind of all vitamin A-based skincare? Well, what I've looked at is what is the normal metabolism of vitamin A. Mm-hmm. And the thing is this, that we eat very generally. We're eating the storage form of vitamin A. Okay. 
That we absorb that, that goes into the bloodstream, goes to the liver, the liver distributes it into back into the bloodstream mm-hmm. so that your skin, your heart, your lungs, your muscles, etc., all get their dose of uh, vitamin A. Right. The vitamin A goes into the skin and we have the storage form and the storage form constitutes around about... 90 percent mm-hmm. of uh, the vitamin a of your whole body if i had to analyze you now 90 percent of it is storage form mm-hmm. of that round about 80 to 90 percent of it is retinal palmitate okay we've got retinal palmitate as storage retinal acetate retinal propionate retinal linoleate mm-hmm. there are quite a number of what we call esters or fat forms of vitamin A. (laughs) They then get metabolized as the body needs it, gets metabolized to retinol. Mm -hmm. Now, retinol is the chemical name for vitamin A. Yep. Okay, you've answered my next question. This is perfect. Because it's the smallest molecule of vitamin A. Mm-hmm. It's got nothing added on. That is the basic molecule. Right. However, the retinal acetates are retinol plus a long chain to stabilize the uh, retinol. Mm-hmm. Because retinol is a very reactive molecule. It's an irritant molecule. And uh, it decays very rapidly. Mm-hmm. So the body ensures that you only have a very tiny percent, like 3% of your vitamin A is retinol. And then that gets metabolized to retinaldehyde and from there to the retinoic acid. So when I was looking at this, I thought to myself, I really want quite a number of different versions of vitamin A that I want to work with. Mm So we use retinal palmitate, we use retinal acetate, we use retinal propionate, we use retinol itself. Yeah. I've chosen not to use uh, retinaldehyde because, first of all, it's expensive. It's more irritant than the retinal uh, propionates Mm -hmm. and uh, so on. So... uh, um, and then what I believe is that when we present this to the skin, the skin metabolizes it into retinoic acid. Uh-huh. And so your skin is a factory to make retinoic acid or tretinoin. Mm-hmm. And then that works on the DNA. Wow. could sit here for three hours and talk about just vitamin A. Does the skin – so let's say – I mean, I'll circle back to the step-up system. So we're gradually introducing more and more vitamin A into our routine. Let's just say we are on the highest step. We've been using it for a while. Does the skin ever grow desensitized to vitamin A? Does it ever just go, okay, we've had enough? No. Great. That's great news. So that is a natural concern and I think an important concern. But what we have to realize is that we're constantly destroying vitamin A. Yeah. You know, we, like we can't, the only way that we can stop destroying vitamin A, we stay in a, into a dark, dark bubble. room yep. <laughs> and stay there. And Sometimes I, mean, I quite like the sound of that. <laughs> well, a busy it week. <laughs> it would be a bit boring. It would. I'd grow tired of it in that yeah. one hour. 
So, so uh, that's why, uh, you know, it's like if uh, you've got a bucket that's got a hole in the bottom and you keep on filling of water into the bucket, do you it's a really ever, good analogy, because the water yeah. is running out, you can't overfill you can't it, it in yeah. that way. I read a quote from you regarding the application of vitamin A. Obviously, we've already talked about how as a baby you do have the most receptive to it. But the quote was, if you start in your 40s, you're about 30 years too late to make a big yes. difference. <laughs> Can we still, I mean, if people are listening to this now and they're in their 40s, they, you know, it's not too, too late, is it? I've seen some well, pretty remarkable before and afters. I'll have to put a link yeah. in the show notes. You know, well, if you look at uh, uh, the one patient that, uh, or client, yeah, patient. patient. She was my patient. Yeah. Um, when I started her, she was in her fifties, mm-hmm. and I mean, she's got beautifully smooth lower eyelids. I was going to say, is this 80s. the example you showed us yesterday with the eyes? Yes. I'm going to have to put a link in this because it's yes. the most unbelievable. Oh. And if you analyze and you see that as she continues to use the vitamin A, her skin gets better and better and better. Extraordinary. And most people sort of think, oh, by the end of a year, you've reached the maximum. Not Not the case. Yeah. Okay, so if we are brand new to vitamin A, what is the best way for us to start introducing it into our routine? How often should we be using it? In what forms should we be using it? Where do we start? Well, if you've got a very sensitive skin, then Mm -hmm. I'd say to you, look, uh, use this once or twice a week in the beginning when you start. And then slowly introduce it till you're using it every day. And then from there, go to twice a day. Mm -hmm. And you start at the lowest rung of this ladder of vitamin A. Yeah. You see, we make it in progressively stronger levels as you go up the mm-hmm. right ra- uh, ladder you see so you start at the bottom and introduce it slowly and then progressively increase 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 and m- like one person i know took about eight years to get to the top level mm-hmm. and she now has beautiful skin Amazing. Yeah. So it's uh, uh, in the beginning she couldn't use it because she was so sensitive, sensitive yeah. to it. Um, so I think that uh, um, it's never too uh, too late to start. Mm-hmm. I've had an 80-year-old start, by the way. Amazing. And interesting enough about this person is that she the last time I saw her, she was 99. Oh, had to get a letter she, from Lizzie. And she said to me, she said, she told me uh, um, she was so grateful that she had started and that I had taken her into her 90s and she wasn't developing skin cancers anymore. Amazing. And that was because we were pushing her to use high dose of vitamin A every uh, twice a day. Mm-hmm. Can we use vitamin A and vitamin C together? Is there a rule there and is there anything that we can't use with vitamin A? I always include vitamin C when I Amazing. Uh, use vitamin Cocktail A. Cocktail them together. Yes. So when, I, we, when we make the formulas, 
I always want vitamin C and as many antioxidants as I can mm -hmm. together with the vitamin A. Because the fact is that there is no one single magic bullet that does it all. Not yet. It <laughs> never will happen. It's always, you're always going to need as A combination. many antioxidants as you can present to the skin. They all have slightly different functions. They work yep. at different temperatures. They work at different oxygen tensions and things like that. So this is why you need to have very many um, different antioxidants as your formula can uh, permit you to mm -hmm. do. Speaking specifically to A and C, both of those have really potent skin brightening properties. So while we're on that kind of train of thought, what are the best ingredients or products to treat dark spots and pigmentation? Well, I, th I think that we should use vitamin B3. Yes. Another one that we uh, should consider using, very many people use the vitamin C, but the, uh, I've looked at particularly at some ingredients that come from plants. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's quite interesting. I've uh, come up with quite a number of these uh, um, ingredients, the derivatives of plants like Japanese cherry, the plum, mm -hmm. the ordinary plum, the artichoke, the geranium. Uh, the neem tree, that's quite an interesting one. You know, neem tree is so very popular in, in uh, Indian medicine. Ah. So, um, and we found that there are extracts from the neem tree leaf mm -hmm. that are good at controlling pigmentation. Lactic oh. acid ah, is very good at it. Um, uh, uh, and then some special ingredients. And mm -hmm. the one that, that I've used for a very long time, which is very powerful, probably regarded as one of the most powerful single ingredients, mm -hmm. and that's uh, something people n probably know as sepi white. Right. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that when you're trying to control pigmenta pigmentation, you should approach it from as many different angles as possible. Mm -hmm. When we look at the order in which we apply our skincare, does vitamin A have to kind of, I mean, for lack of a better word, sort of hit the skin first? And are there any products that will prevent our skin from absorbing that vitamin A? Well, I was worried about that maybe 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then I read an article about where they were testing this and they were testing it with a water-based uh, cream mm -hmm. versus an oil-based ointment. Right. And they wanted to know if they put the ointment on first and then the cream, would they block the penetration of the cream mm -hmm. or if they put the cream on first and added the uh, ointment afterwards if they would block that mm -hmm. and they were extremely surprised to discover that they didn't block it at ah, all. Ah, as am I right now. So what I do generally is uh, I uh, used to say put on the thinnest product first mm -hmm. and then work to your thickest. Yeah. But now what I say is just make a little cocktail in your hand, Love mix it. it and apply it. There we go. Well, that makes things a lot easier. I think mm -hmm. that causes a lot of people a headache. Mm -hmm. 
We've talked about the difference that vitamin A can make around the eye area, which I will link to. Do we need to be using a separate eye cream or can we just sort of bring our moisturiser up to the eye area? Now, this is where we have to realise that people are different. Right. Some people cannot use stronger products around their eyes. Mm -hmm. They get a little bit of puffiness. They get irritation of their eyelid skin. Mm -hmm. Whereas other people, and I'm an example of that, I use my face creams around my eyes. Okay. And I can and I can speak about that because I'm from a Portuguese family and I used to have dark rings around my eyes. Ah, <laughs> there's nothing there now. Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, so that's the kind of instance when we'd have to go to the professionals and say, okay, what do we think? It's mm. prescriptive. Yes. Environ has an entire range dedicated to clearing acne, the Clarity range, which is a personal favourite of mine. How does that range work? And then I guess what ingredients do we have to be using to combat breakouts? Well, basically what I've looked at is trying to change how flaky the surface of the skin is. Yeah. So that's that's where the vitamin A plays a big part Mm -hmm. and also... Things like uh, 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 ammonium lactate, lactic acid help in that area. Then we need to unplug the follicles because the basic cause of the um, uh, acne spot is that the follicles get obstructed with uh, uh, um, sort of sebum Mm -hmm. There's the sebaceous oil that we normally secrete, but it gets thickened by exposure to oxygen, the air. It clogs up. It get becomes more of a wax. Right. And so we've got to dissolve that and get rid of uh, the, the plug. And then we have to change the type of uh, 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 sebum that we're making. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're actively working on that and then we also must uh, uh, make sure that there's no infection. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is basically what we're trying to do with the four products, mm-hmm. the, the four ma- major products. Of those four products, one of them is an oil, which we talked about this this morning. Mm-hmm. A lot of people scratch their head because they think, why would I put, who would put an oil on a breakout, but explain yeah. to us why this is well, so fine. One of the things about the oil is that it will um, penetrate, help to, uh, it penetrates into the skin much better. Mm-hmm. The next thing is this, that the oil is required to uh, sort of loosen up the obstructed uh, areas, the blackheads yeah. and so on. And because you can only melt a wax with an oil. Mm-hmm. You can't melt it with a water. Right. So uh, that, that's uh, uh, sort of the major reasons why I chose to use an oil. And mm-hmm. I've, I know I've, I've spent 10, 15 minutes persuading people to listen to me and accept that they must rub an oil on they turn around and often say, are you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> I've had that said oh to me. Are you God. stupid? Don't you know? Acne people can't take oh. oil. <laughs> Don't you know? Oh. 
so while we're on kind of acne and congestion, how much does our diet, our lifestyle, genetics, hormones, how much does all of that contribute to acne? Oh, I think that's very important. Uh huh. Um, as a matter of fact, if somebody comes to me with uh, with acne, mm-hmm. okay, I treat them, but I also and I haven't spoken about this while we've uh, been sp- uh, dealing with this, but mm-hmm. uh, we have written about it. Um, I tell them, no more sugar. Yeah. Get away from milk products. Yeah, I feel like dairy is one of the first yes. ones. Yeah. And um, then, you know, if you eat, if you go onto a carnivorous diet, mm. your acne improves. So, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, the old story was that if you had a chocolate, then you got a, a acne spot the next day. Mm-hmm. That's not true. <laughs> you would get the acne spot about five days later. Right. So, um, uh, and with the milk products, they discovered several years ago that on islands where there were no cars, or no, you know, uh, no, None of no that form of a car. Type of no acne. Mm-hmm. You know, acne was an unusual condition. So that's one of the things that I insist that people go onto a low carb mm-hmm. um, a diet and no sugar. Yep. And avoid uh, milks. But it seems that you can take yogurt. Okay. Because somehow the fermentation of the milk to make yogurt mm-hmm. changes that property of uh, uh, the milk to uh, exacerbate acne. I imagine more sort of your Greek yogurts and your natural yogurts and not the ones with chocolate chips and oh yeah, strawberries. No, no, no. You must have sprinkled through them. <laughs> full fat. Yeah. Full fat uh, yogurts. Mm-hmm. Mm. I know several women and men as well who are working to combat both acne and ageing skin concurrently. What would your advice be to anyone who is trying to combat those skin conditions at the same time? Well, I would uh, first of all suggest that they take high doses of vitamin A supplementation, mm-hmm. uh, you right. know, uh, uh, dietary supplements. Yeah. Uh, I personally use uh, 50,000 IUs of uh, uh Vitamin A yep. a day, and I've used that for since 1994. Okay, so that's 25 years. Mm-hmm. And you would have built up to and that. Yes. No, no. I s- oh, you started, started on it straight away. Oh, started at the top. Yeah, Beautiful. The, th- the nice thing about uh, vitamin A by mouth, you don't need to build up. Oh, okay. Perfect. You can t- take it straight away, and uh, for acne patients, it's a good idea to take oral vitamin A as well. Mm -hmm. I reckon that people should be looking at taking around about 20,000 IUs a day if they're dealing with acne. But if you're dealing with anti-aging, there's a um, renowned anti-aging specialist in Europe who recommends that people should use 100,000 international units a day. Mm -hmm. He does himself. Because he feels it's an important anti-aging uh, 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 molecule. Mm-hmm. Okay, sound advice. Personally, my first experience with Environ was around four years ago in clinic with the DF machine, which I'm just besotted with. 
So let's talk a bit about salon facials. Do we need clinical facial treatments to maintain the health of the skin or is home care enough? Uh, you know, I think we've got to realise that you can go for good yeah, or you can go for very good. Yes, okay. Now, home care is going to give you good. Mm-hmm. It's not going to give you the best that you can ever achieve. Right. And if you're trying to keep your skin as young as mm. possible... Yes, I am. Uh, ...which is what I'm also trying mm-hmm. to do, uh, then, like, in my case, I, I'm lucky because I can have a facial every week yes. when I'm in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And I... Uh, uh, I enjoy it, but at the same time, I know that I'm enriching my skin in the uh, various vitamins and also in the peptides Mm -hmm. that I think are important for maintaining good structure of your uh, skin. Mm -hmm. While we're on facial treatments, I understand that you have some pretty strong feelings about microdermabrasion and really anything that's... <laughs> I wish I could see I the look on your face. <laughs> well, when it comes to microdermabrasion, uh, maybe I should... My lips should be s- zipped up. How much are you allowed to say? <laughs> I can say this, that I think it's the most destructive thing people do to themselves. Mm-hmm. And they're deceived by the fact that they... Yes, they look very good immediately afterwards. I don't. My skin reacts to microdermabrasion the second I walk away from the clinic. Yeah. So, well, um, you're lucky because <laughs> you're not going to be tempted <laughs> to go do it again. Go back and tell me that four and a half yes. years ago. The, um, but for the average person would, who's doing it f- to look younger, mm-hmm. they feel, wow, they really... Uh, their, their their skin looks plumped out. They their beautiful color and so on for the first day mm-hmm. or two maybe, but then their skin dries out. And the fact is that they've removed the only valid barrier to the skin. Yes. And as a result of that, they're getting more sun damage. They're getting more mm-hmm. uh, uh, damaging effects like into their dish. skin. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I think that uh, uh, microdermabrasion was designed by somebody who did not understand what the stratum corneum does mm-hmm. to the to us to to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, you have revolutionised skin needling. So, can you talk to us about how needling works and your sort of protocol around it? Well, the, the basic form of skin needling, which is the one that I've uh, thought that people should use every single day to enhance penetration, mm-hmm. that only makes tiny, tiny little holes in the outer layer of the skin. Mm-hmm. And then they heal up within uh, two, three hours. This is the, the That's roller? That's what we call the cosmetic roller. Yes. And so that works... Only if you're using products that will make changes. Okay. So if you're using a product that doesn't have an active ingredient in it, Mm, you'll notice no improvement Mm -hmm. in your skin. 
And then we've got medical needling, which is where we're actually penetrating through the skin into the area where the fine blood vessels are, and mm -hmm. we're pricking them. And as a result of that, the, the, the broken blood vessels try to seal themselves up by releasing platelets. Yes. The platelets in turn release growth factors. The growth factors then make the skin grow better. Mm -hmm. And this is quite different from where you cut the skin open and it's exposed to oxygen and so on. You get a scar from a cut. Yes. But from a prick, you never get a scar. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows this. Mm -hmm. How many people have been to have blood taken from them yeah. and the needle goes into their arm and I'm okay, not walking you, around with a scar. Yes, you, you don't have a scar. No. Or you prick your finger while sewing. I was about to say, I just think of dance costumes mm. <laughs> and be covered in them. Yes. We have seen the beauty industry, skincare in particular, but the beauty industry as a whole change out of sight in the last few years, let alone the, you know, almost 40 since your research began. What are the biggest changes that you have seen in skincare in recent years? Because you always have been very much ahead of curve well the you know i started working with the peptides around about 20 22 years ago mm -hmm. and progressively I, I predicted that they would become very important accessory ah. molecules How right for rejuvenation of skin and i think that we we probably are seeing pretty strong peptides already mm -hmm. I don't know how much further we get, but uh, uh, let's hope that they can refine it to make them work even better. Mm -hmm. So um, the uh, thing that uh, sort of never goes away and uh, uh, I'm a bit dismayed about it is that periodically you hear about this great molecule that is the be-all and end-all of skincare, and you'll only need to use this, mm -hmm. and you're going to take 50 years off the, the uh, appearance of your face, mm -hmm. and the people buy it oh, and spend easy. money with that, <laughs> and they don't get the result. Mm. And then, oh, the next year, there's another one. <laughs> Every time, and it's yeah. the same people buying it. Mm. Mm. So that's where skincare has sort of changed. What do you think we can expect to see from the future of skincare? Well, I'll tell you what I would like to see. Okay. I would like to see that well-trained skincare therapists get better respect from the general yes. public. Yes. Oh, I can hear people giving a round of applause as they listen mm. to this. But you, you see, the sad thing is that we have to find out how do we do this PR exercise mm. where we make people understand that, in fact, like the skincare therapist is what would be called a barefoot doctor in yeah. China. They are there looking after your basic needs. Not everybody with acne ever needs to go and see a dermatologist mm -hmm. or a doctor. Uh, the skincare therapist has, uh, well, if they're well trained and they understand what they're doing, they will help significant number. So we're talking about over three quarters of the people that they see will Amazing. 
the acne will be uh, corrected. Mm -hmm. Their pigmentation, if they've got pigmentation, a significant percentage of these uh, uh, patients will also be uh, helped to control the pigmentation. Mm -hmm. uh, wrinkles, you know, the, the, the if you recognize that wrinkles are the early steps of the disease of skin cancer, mm -hmm. then the role of the skincare therapist who takes somebody who's come to come to them just because they're worried about their wrinkles, mm -hmm. when the skin uh, the skincare therapist helps them, she significantly reduces the chances that this person's going to get a skin cancer. Mm -hmm. So um, so this is why I believe that skincare therapists need to need to be appreciated uh, for what what they do. Mm -hmm. And actually they need to be paid better to be honest. Yes. Because I know a lot of them and I agree with that. Yes. Yeah. And, and the thing is this, that people sort of think of it as a luxury, but it's not really a luxury. Mm -hmm. You know, to have good-looking skin also means that you have healthy skin. Mm -hmm. And as you age, and if there are people who are going to live to be 120, mm -hmm. they need to keep their skin as healthy as possible for as long as possible. I don't know if you've seen the photographs of what people look like when they're 100, 105. Mm -hmm. And imagine, you've still got another 20 yes. years to go. So uh, that's why I think that uh, uh, we have to develop greater respect for the skincare therapist, see their role as an important health uh, um, uh, component mm -hmm. of getting older. I love that. Finally, Dr. Des, what is next for Environ Skincare? I'm working on some interesting uh, uh, molecules right now. Mm -hmm. I'm using them, and uh, the interesting thing for me has been the comments that I'm getting. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking at how we can uh, use this little home device to so that people can do more treatments and concentrate on certain areas. Mm -hmm. And I'm also looking at how we can make needling much, much more effective. Because, you know, needling is it's a phenomenal uh, uh, process. But mm -hmm. from my point of view, the sad thing about it is that one treatment is not enough. Right. So what we've, we, we've got to find out how we can make each treatment work even better. That was Dr. Des Fernandez, founder of Environ Skincare, which you can find on Instagram at Environ Skincare. To read my interview with Dr. Des, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at gemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me. Oh,